Life Audio. In the world, it's all about measuring up. But Jesus says, in the kingdom, greatness is is like pouring yourself out. It's emptying yourself. Greatness is lifting other people up. It's serving them with your life. I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. And after a quick word from our sponsors, my guest, Shannon Popkin, and I will be back to talk about Jesus's definition of greatness and how we can live into it by getting rid of comparison for this Lent season and beyond. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Shannon Popkin is a Bible teacher and an author. Her books include Comparison Girl and Control Girl, and she hosts the Live Like It's True podcast, where she and her guests talk through stories from the Bible and what it would look like if we lived like those stories are true. Shannon lives in Michigan with her husband, Ken, and they have three young adult children. And Shannon and I met a few months ago now at a conference and just hit it off and just really enjoyed each other's company. And so I am so excited to introduce her to you because I think she is pretty awesome. So Shannon, thanks so much for making some space for us today. Well, thank you, Jody. I think you're pretty awesome too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we're in the season of Lent, and this is a time that is set aside in the Christian calendar traditionally to focus on repentance and renewal as a way for us to prepare our hearts for Easter. Um, And repentance at its core means to turn. And so it's the recognition that maybe we're doing something that doesn't align with God's heart. Uh, which is just a nice way to say that we're sinning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, our response really needs to be that we turn away from that thing and toward God. And so in this season, we're focusing on practices that help us turn away from sin and and turn toward God. Um, So Shannon and I are not the sin police. (laughs) and We are not (laughs) going to sit here and tell you what you need to do differently in your life, but we are going to discuss an area that I do think plagues every single one of us. And sometimes it's in sneaky ways and sometimes it's in overt ways. And that is comparison. And Shannon, you are somewhat of an expert in comparison, not because (laughs) you live it out, but because you've studied it deeply. And so maybe both ways. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. We're all going to confess that this is true of us, but um, I know you're going to share some of the stories about how comparison has plagued you. But for now, I want you to talk about why comparison can be so destructive in our lives. 
Yeah, it it does. It just holds us back, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like I always say when we're talking about comparison, I always say picture a measuring cup, like one of those glass, you know, Pyrex kind with the lines on the side. And, you know, you have an amount of this and that in your cup and it does not match somebody else's. Like you are different, Mm. (laughs) but God did give you a certain allotted amount of resources and gifts and talents and your, you know, your background, everything is all mingled into this cup, your body, your family, everything. And you are meant to share what's in your cup with the world. But when you start taking your cup and put it next to somebody else's, you know, and comparing it, it keeps you from doing the things you were meant to do. So I always say it distracts us, it depletes us and it destroys us. Mm. So it distracts us, you know, like if I'm looking over at you and trying to figure out what you're doing, I'm, you know, we don't run well looking side to side. We're supposed to run our race, right? And so it distracts us. It distracts us from our own purpose um, and our own callings. When I'm looking at you and measuring against you, well, it can pull me away from what I'm supposed to be doing. It also depletes our productivity. You know, like, have you ever spent, Jody, like a whole week, you know, just in the depths of despair, as Ann Gables would call it? <laughs> uh, just, or what did, I, I don't remember what she called it, but just like yeah. completely in a dark place, focused on yeah. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And self-focused and just worrying and stressed out. And, you know, why am I not measuring up? Why all of these Like if you get a poor review or a friend pulls back or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like these are the times where, okay, um, I just lost that whole week or that whole day because I was, I was distracted. So again, I'm, it distracts me from my purpose. It depletes my productivity and then it destroys my potential. Like if you want to reach your potential, do not get stuck measuring yourself. <laughs> don't, don't do it because yeah. you know, God has all these plans for your life and it will just pull you everywhere that you don't need to be. Yeah. And it's so hard, I think, in our world that we live in because we are constantly bombarded with the images of other people and what mm-hmm. they're doing. And it's so easy to forget that there's actually a life behind that picture and it's not all, you know, rainbows and sunshine, but what we compare to is that curated view of life that somebody Mm -hmm. is showing us. And we wonder, well, why can't I do that? Or why isn't my life like that? Or Mm -hmm. why isn't God asking me to do that? Or, and so I think you're right. It, for me anyway, when I take that focus off of God and I start looking around the distraction, it's totally debilitating. It is. Uh, and it just, it just doesn't, it's unproductive, wasted time. Yeah. I remember when my daughter was little, one time she's looking out the window at a birthday party going on in the neighbor's backyard and she wasn't invited. She's just like obsessing over it and so sad. And now it made sense to me because she wasn't the same age as this little girl. She didn't go to the same school as her. So it was probably a class, you know, school kids or whatever. But to her, she's just little. She didn't understand. So I kept saying, honey, just come away from the window. Come away from the window. Like you don't have to spend the whole afternoon like focused on that. And, and, you know, that's the way I see social media. It's like, 
there are a million windows that have opened up where we can all look into our neighbor's lives and the neighborhood has expanded. There are so many ways and there's so many more uh, measurables, like ways that we can measure ourselves against other people, like using numbers, using actual data to compare ourselves. And um, man, I think our enemy is having a heyday with that. It's so true. I And I know it's true. I've experienced it in my life. Well, when you did this kind of deep dive into comparison, I know that you started in scripture and you really started to examine Jesus and what he showed us about comparison. So show, tell us what are some of the things that you found about what Jesus has to say to us about comparison? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I, I've struggled with comparison in all the different seasons of life in different ways. And so, you know, now I struggle differently than I did in my 20s. But in my 20s, I was really struggling as a stay-at-home mom because I was looking into everybody else's life and it just felt like they were doing big, important, productive things. And I was wiping noses and bottoms and cleaning up crumbs. (laughs) I just remember one day sitting in a car, watching a woman walk into an office building and she's like, click, click, click in her heels, her cute little suit. And I was sitting in my pajamas because I had just dropped my kindergarten off and I'm like nursing a baby and thinking like your life is so much more important than mine. But but I mean, that was the stage of life when my heart was just craving something, mm. some way to look at my life in a way um, that I just didn't feel depleted, that I didn't feel distracted from my calling, that, you know, I didn't feel diminished. And um And so I remember really latching on to one of those upside down statements of Jesus, the one where he says, the greatest is the servant. I just remember reading that over and over and it just kind of gave comfort to my heart. And, um, and then another time I found another one, you know, the first will be last, you know, the one who puts herself last, she's going to be first. And, and that resonated with me too. And when I, over time, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I started noticing that Jesus often does use these little pithy upside down statements and he inserts them into conversations he's having with people who are comparing. And so we're comparing our wealth. We're comparing our status. We're comparing even our service for God. And we're doing it in such a way that it it works in our world. And so then Jesus is responding in these conversations with like Pharisees or sinners or tax collectors or disciples. And he keeps saying, like, it's just interesting. It's this interesting pattern. Like they're talking, they're comparing, and Jesus is responding. And, And what he's talking about is his kingdom. And at first we're like, okay, yeah, how does that really, like, yeah. okay, what does that mean? help, what does help that me mean? here, yeah. Jesus? Like, <laughs> I think it's sort of like, you know, if, if you and I, Jody, were playing the game Uno and you noticed that I was trying to fill my hand with as many cards as possible, you know, you might say, um, Shannon, do you know that the goal of Uno is to have less cards, not more, right? <laughs> if you were a nice friend, you would do that. <laughs> yeah, like, Let's draw four, you know? Um, well, I think that's sort of what Jesus is doing here. He's like, you know, I see you, you're trying to, you're trying to make sure that it looks like you have more in your cup. You know, you're trying to fill your cup with more. You're trying to posture and make it, put your cup in the best angle. So everybody knows you have more, but in my kingdom, like that's not what greatness looks Mm -hmm. like. It's upside down in the world. It's all about measuring up. But Jesus says in the kingdom, greatness is, is like pouring yourself out. It's emptying yourself. Greatness is lifting other people up. It's serving them with your life. I was reading your book and you you said this quote, which is exactly what you've just said. The enemy wants us to measure ourselves against each other and then back away from each other in fear and insecurity and shame mm-hmm. or pride. And Jesus invites us to draw together in unity. 
appreciating differences rather than being divided by them. And Mm -hmm. it's so clear and, and I get that that is true. And yet it is so hard to live out Mm -hmm. because the enemy does want us to measure against each other and he's sneaky. (laughs) He just, Mm -hmm. he slides little thoughts in there. He slides an image in there. And when we are not, we think, okay, I'm on mission. I'm, I'm content with who you've made me to be and what you've called me to do. And then it's just like, Oh, where did that come from? And mm-hmm. it it's just the, he's, he's relentless. He's sneaky. Sometimes he's overt, but he has the same tired game plan that he's been using for years and years and yes, generations. It's true. We're going to pause here for a quick break. And then Shannon and I will be back to continue our conversation on comparison. And she's going to answer the question, is all comparison bad? What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The other thing I would love for you to talk about is where does Jesus use comparison actually as a a teaching tool for us? Because you think that not all comparison is bad, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what you've just said is that he wants us to appreciate differences rather than being divided by them. So Mm -hmm. that's what you saw there. Yeah. Well, it's really just pride or humility. You know, if you trace it all the way back, the enemy's agenda is for us to look like he does, you know, pride. Mm -hmm. Satan's backstory is he wanted to measure himself against God. He wanted to be lifted up. He wanted his throne higher. And if you look at Jesus, his story is he's the greatest of that ever was, you know, if he had a measuring cup, like if we tried to find a measuring cup to measure his worth, we couldn't do it. It'd be bigger than the universe. So Jesus is the greatest. And yet what did he do? He completely poured his life out. That's what we're headed into Lent. Like Mm -hmm. we're celebrating Jesus emptying himself. So, so like, these are the two ideas. These are the two stories and they're always going to be at war. And Jesus wants to find a way for us as believers to group up, you know, to find unity. That is a theme over and over in the Mm -hmm. Bible. And our enemy, he wants to divide us. I think it really has to do with who are we listening to? You know, Jesus said his sheep know his voice. And if we know his voice, that means 
we're familiar with what he says. You gave a couple of examples of stories that Jesus uses as positive comparison. Give us one of those real quick. Yeah. So it's interesting. Jesus never says, don't compare, does he? I mean, we we don't find him saying, don't compare. And you would think, I mean, it is this big problem. And so you would think if that's the solution, that's what he would say. But like we've already talked about, he talks about his kingdom. You know, he talks about how things are different. Um, and he tells all these comparison stories. You know, when Jesus tells a parable, what we naturally want to do is find ourselves in the parable. So like, think about mm-hmm. the parable of the talents or the parable of right. the good Samaritan or the parable... Um, of the wise and foolish builder. Like, so what you're doing, you're listening to this parable and you're finding yourself. And so then what you're comparing with somebody else, like what in the world? That's crazy. And Jesus even compares in real life too. You know, do you remember the story of the widow's might Mm -hmm. where this widow is putting two copper coins in and Jesus is like, yeah, and she has given more than the rest of the people. Like that's comparing, right? And, or he says, um, with Mary and Martha, she has chosen the better thing. So right. like that is comparing. So apparently Jesus doesn't mind um, for us to compare, but he doesn't want us to get all caught up in like, like, you know, we're not taking away everything we've just said about like, let's like pride, but I think we can compare in this humble way where we're willing to be inspired by each other. We're willing to learn from each other. We're willing to receive from one another. If you get rid of the lines we can notice differences about each other and be inspired and and turn back to humility. So like, just for instance, take the story of that, that widow's might, you know, um, like they were in, Jesus was saying, he wasn't saying, Hey, look at her in a prideful sort of way, like even upside down. Pride. No, it's like be inspired by this generous woman. Like what if we could just be inspired by one another when we are doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, he's just continually calling us. He doesn't mind if we compare, he's just saying in my kingdom, we do it differently. We're all about humility. Yeah. It's almost like the comparison is to lead us more toward God and more toward who he's created us to be, you know, in that story of the widow's might, as you're talking, I keep thinking, He's not comparing, oh, look how much wealth they have. And they gave this percent and this person gave this percent of their wealth. And he's saying, give generously like she's doing. Mm-hmm. Give, you know, it with a heart posture of trust like this woman mm-hmm. is doing. Mm-hmm. That is what is pleasing to him. And so that that is very inspiring to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's easy to give out of our wealth. It's harder to give out of the places where we have need, the places right. where we feel insecure. And, and that's where he's often calling us, no, trust mm-hmm. me, give, give out of that place. So that's how that inspires me. I love, thank you for pointing that out. Cause there is a proper place for comparison. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it can get tricky and the enemy can start to distort it and twist it. Yeah. I think we just have to keep an eye on our pride the whole way through, you know, when we're coming together to inspire each other, to group up and to find unity, like just even in, in the different moments of that meeting, just keeping an eye Mm -hmm. on, okay, I'm here to serve like the widow. She was there to pour her out, you know, give all that she had pour out her two mites. Like, I love the fact that she had two, don't you? Cause that means she could have kept one. She gave it all. I love that she gave everything. So good. So good. Okay. I asked you, 
Shannon, what passage should we meditate on? And you gave us one of the most beautiful passages. I we could spend years meditating on this passage. Philippians yeah. 2, 3 through 8. And it's actually it goes on further. I uh, stopped at eight just because it's hard to meditate on, you know, more than just a handful of verses. I'm going to read it really quick. And then I want to know why you suggested it, which it'll be obvious why you suggested it. But also um, I want to ask you how the Lord made it personal to you today as you meditated on it. So this is what it says. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Oh, you know, as I was reading that, I was thinking about your image of Jesus being the very biggest measuring cup we could ever, (laughs) ever find. If we're, Mm -hmm. if we're thinking about our lives as little measuring cups and, and he says in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus who had the very biggest measuring cup in the world. Mm -hmm didn't consider that to be used to his own advantage. Right. Oh, yeah. So good. Okay. So I want you to tell me, why did you want us to meditate on this passage? What's special to you about this passage? Yeah, well, this is really the foundation of my book, Comparison Girl, because in that um, that verse, it says, in verse seven says, instead he emptied himself. And so really my, my measuring cup metaphor is focused on that. That's what Jesus did. He didn't come mm-hmm. to our world. It says, verse six, who is in the very nature of God did not count equality with God, a thing to be used to his own advantage, or another translation says a thing to be grasped. Mm-hmm. So he was equal to God. That's a measuring word, right? But he did not come into our world set on proving that he was equal to God. He was content mm-hmm. with emptying himself, not grasping. You know, I just picture somebody grasping their measuring cup, like, no, I am worthy. You know, that's not, that is not what Jesus did. Look at his, his humility and the way that he was born and even being born into a human body. And, and then what did he do with his life? He wasn't treated like royalty. You know, he was scorned and he was put down by those in power and who had authority. And then he was crucified. So Jesus completely emptied his life. And so, yeah, I just, this, these verses, they're just precious to me. And the more that I meditate on them, the more rich they become. This is what greatness looks like in the kingdom of God. Like we didn't Mm -hmm, keep going, but mm -hmm. it it says that because of his great humility, God exalted him, gave him the name that is above all names. So that's where I'm getting this idea that this is what greatness looks like. Jesus Mm -hmm. displayed the most extravagant humility that the world has ever known because he deserved the most greatness or the most um, worship. And yet he didn't receive it. He emptied himself. And so because of his, the greatest humility we've ever seen because of that, he has the greatest name, the name that is above all names. So um, we, as his followers, like we're to have his mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, we're to be the ones who do what Jesus did and who think like Jesus thought and who remind ourselves of what he said to us. You know, I was thinking earlier when we were talking, Jody, the week before Easter, 
um, is, is, you know, Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem. So they're headed towards Passover. And, and I mean, there are so many times leading up to Jesus's death that the disciples are arguing about who's greatest. Mm-hmm. Like it happens over and over. And especially in that last week, there's this one time where they are headed on the road to Jerusalem. And once again, James and John, they're, they're saying, Hey, Jesus, you know, when you're, when you ha- are on your throne in your kingdom, can we have those seats to your left and to your right? And I mean, it's just like, Oh my word. And yet don't we fall into the same patterns, the same traps, mm-hmm. even as those like you and me, Jody, who are trying to serve the Lord. Like I can fall right into the trap of looking at what you're doing and looking what I'm doing and comparing and feeling inadequate and insecure. Mm. Oh my goodness. Mm. And, but I love Jesus's patience with them. He pulls them to the side and he's like, you know what? In the kingdom of of this world, the Romans, wherever you are, what do they do? They lord it over each other. They exploit whatever power, whatever greatness that they have. That not so with you, he says. This is now, this is not the mindset of my followers. In my kingdom, we do it differently. And that's so these verses, how do we do it? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Everybody not looking at their own interests, but the interests of others. This is Jesus's mindset. Mm. As you meditated on that, even this morning. What did he make personal for you right now? Yeah, well, I used a different, I got a new Bible this week. And so I'm like, I want to look at these verses in this new Bible. Um, It's the CSB. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the CSB. I just got a brand new Bible. I love a new Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And so the, the word is a little different. In verse six, it says that Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be exploited. So in the other translations, it says grasped, or in the NIV, which we read, it says to use to his 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 own advantage. And so mm-hmm. that word exploited, I mean, it's, it means similar, but it, I don't know, it has a little different feel to it. And I was just thinking about what does it mean to be exploited, you know, or to exploit when you have more in your measuring cup, what does it mean to exploit that? Well, it means to make full use of it, right? Mm. Um, or to like derive the benefit from it. That's the definition of right. exploit. And so like the app, Jesus did the opposite of what would have served his own self-interests. That's what he mm. did every mm. step of the way. He did not serve his self-interest. I just jotted down a couple ways. I always process by writing Jody. I don't know. That's just my way. And so that's, I was just looking at these verses and thinking about Jesus chose to benefit us, you know? And so he didn't come trying to, he came looking like, like us, not making use of his God-like appearance. He could have come looking like God, right? right? Um, and he came being obedient. So he didn't make use of like him and God when they vote, it's one-to-one, you know, they're both God, but he obeyed God. He, he made himself even under God. He took commands from God. He, he was obedient and then he died. You know, he didn't make use of his power. He could have, you know, we're going to look at the, as we head into the Easter season, we're going to look at the time when the soldiers came to get him. That's right. They asked, who are you seeking? Or he asked, who are you seeking? They said, Jesus. He said, I am he. They all fall down. Right. You know, there's the display of Jesus's power. He didn't use that. He died. He did not exploit. There's that word. He didn't exploit Mm. his power. And then he didn't, he didn't exploit either his righteousness and his authority and his power. He made himself like, look, not only die, but die the death of a criminal on a cross. Like 
Jesus, he did exactly the opposite of exploit, you know, so in every way he did not, um, he did not consider his equality with God, a thing to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself. Mm. He, he didn't focus on self-interest. He, he focused his interest on us. Yeah. And that is just so beautiful to me. Mm. I love that. Sometimes reading in a new translation. Yeah just helps us see new things. Mm -hmm. And that word exploited is when I'm going to want to dig into a little bit more. It's a very jarring word Mm -hmm. um, because when we talk about exploiting people, we talk about using them for our advantage. And so, yeah, that's a, I'm going to have to dig into that. Yes. And that's exactly where the Lord took me in my own self examination Mm. is how do I use my kids Mm. How do I use different relationships? You know, I was thinking about my house church, my small group. How do I use those relationships Mm, to try to get full benefit for myself? Like where I sit, who I talk to, um, how I talk about my kids, how I, you know, what I ask them. Like, I want to, you know, I want to be exalted. I want them to be great so that they can reflect positively on me. Like that's, those are all self-interest sorts of, and I was just, yeah again, deeply convicted. I want to measure up. I still want to measure up. I'm still part of this world system, Jody. but I yeah. want to be done with that. I want to have the mm. mindset of Christ and mm. to focus on this vote, not the lines. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that, Shannon. I mm-hmm. resonate with all of those things. <laughs> so uh, we are in the same boat and I'm sure everyone listening is too. So, okay. I would love it uh, as kind of a closing we're in this season of Lent. We're moving, trying to choose practices that help us turn away from sin. And we recognize that comparison can lead us straight into the arms of sin. Uh, what would be a simple practice that you could encourage listeners to embrace in this week or in this season, if they're really, you know, find that comparison is, is kind of been knocking at their door a lot? Mm-hmm to turn away from that and and to move back toward God. Yeah. So I think really just thinking about pride and humility, you know, as we're trying to shed, you know, our sin and um, refresh ourselves with the truth, it's really a question of pride and humility. So when, when you get stuck in comparing, like just ask, look for it look for it. And I know it's so hard. We don't want to, we don't want to look for pride. Um, you know, and I think the world's answer when you're feeling less than is to say, Oh no, but look at how great you are in this way or look at, but there again, isn't that just, I don't find it helpful, Jody, to solve my self-focus problem with more self-focus. Right. <laughs> and so learning to respond to the pride and like, okay, am I just too focused on me here? Mm -hmm. Like, am I just, am I obsessing over this thing because I'm so obsessed with myself Mm -hmm. and how can I embrace humility? How can I listen to the voice of Jesus and what he invites me to in this kingdom of greatness, which means focusing on the spout, not the lines. So really just is this pride or is this, how can I, how can I embrace humility? I think that's really the most helpful thing that Jesus gave us and that I could possibly give to anybody else. Yeah. Shannon, that's so good. I, I'm, what I'm hearing from that is to be intentional, to really examine our lives Mm -hmm. and why we're responding to certain things and then ask ourselves questions about what's really happening. I think sometimes it's that unexamined life that can 
that can Mm -hmm. come back and bite us sometimes. And so friends, I do want to encourage you just to, to be conscious of when comparison is pulling you into that place of pride and invite Jesus into that space. So thank you for that encouragement, Shannon. It has been so good to have you on the podcast and I'm going to have lots of links in the show notes to your books, to your podcast, to your website so that people can find you and all your social media, all the things. So go there and look for that. So thank you again for being with us today, Shannon. Thank you. It's my pleasure. When you come visit Comparison Girl, we have some Comparison Girl prayers that might also be Mm. helpful. Just, you know, prayer prompts for you. So hopefully all of that will encourage you. Thank you so much, Jody. It's been such a pleasure. Good. And all of our comparison guys. Oh yeah. You can, you can, you can just sub in because it's, it is, it is not gender specific. We are, we all are dealing with comparison. There's no doubt about it. So true. Well, friends, I also want to just take a quick second to give a shout out to Life Audio and thank them for their partnership. And if you go to lifeaudio.com, you're going to find dozens of other faith centered podcasts in their network. There are shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and even this one on scripture meditation. And as always, I want to thank you again for joining me on so much more because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for story behind wherever you get your podcasts.